Hello and welcome along to the Three Amigos FBR podcast. I'm Mars and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kylie and amigo PJ. Our amigo Don's age has caught up with him and he has actually fallen asleep. It is Getting to Know You miniseries. We have interviewed FBR managers from all over the world as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the person behind the FBL accounts we interact with every week. To do that, we have come up with 20 questions which will reveal exactly who they are. With the amigos now, we have the man who has turned many straight men and made many girls shout, damn, your hair's worth it. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Gianni, who you should all know and love from his Twitter account, at Gianni Butici. I hope I said that right. Gianni, you are very welcome to the show. Are you ready to bear your soul to the FPL community? Yeah, mate, I am. I'm very much looking forward to this. And I'll tell you what, mate, you've done a cracking job there, the surname. That's as good yeah? as it gets for a newbie. Yeah, 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 I'm happy <laughs> with that. I've had all it's sorts, good. you can imagine. I can, I can I can imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Kylie, I think you're kicking us off with the questions. Yes, I am. OK, so welcome aboard, Gianni. And hey, a very Kylie. easy one uh, to start you off. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, OK, good. I, that's a nice, broad question. I like that to start. I'm, I'm, the, I'll swerve away from the football chat because I know we'll, we'll spend a lot of time in the next hour talking about teams and football choices and stuff like that. So I'll give you some stuff that's probably the sort of stuff you wouldn't usually know about me, the sort of stuff you wouldn't see on Twitter or I probably don't talk about when I'm doing FPL stuff. Um, so, yeah, I thought about this sort of half an hour ago. I was thinking, OK, what, what would no one know? So there's a few bits, uh, some previous jobs. And to kick us off, one thing you wouldn't know about me, I wore a pink suit on my wedding day. Um, and you probably wouldn't know that. Um, and I, don't know what, I don't know what that <laughs> says about me, but, you know, I thought I'd throw it out there. That. I'm not surprised by that. I feel like that's, you know, a fashion forward choice. Uh, not many be... men can pull pink off, Gianni. Not yeah. many men can pull pink off. So fair play. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a soft pink, but still, you know, some might call it garish. Do you know, what? I, was, I was really... I was fairly nervous asking my wife's dad permission to sort of marry her. And I remember the day well, we sort of went for a coffee. It took me ages to get it out. I asked him, it was all fine. What I was more nervous for was two weeks before the wedding when I addressed him and was like, Al, I've got something to tell you. I'm thinking about wearing a pink suit in two weeks time. How do you feel about that? And I genuinely was way more nervous about that than I was asking for his daughter's hand in marriage. <laughs> uh, yeah. Funny story there. Um, but no, you know, I'm I live in Rutland now in the in the middle of England. I've, I moved out of London at the start of lockdown. Um, I was in London for 10 years, live in, in the countryside with my wife and, and two dogs, one of which you'll, you'll know from from a Sharko video. Sharko, yes. Yeah, the, little, the infamous Sharko. Um, but no, I, yeah, I, I'm obviously a massive football fan. And outside of that, I'm just a sociable chap, really. Um, I've had some cool jobs in, in kind of the last 12 years. I never seem to stick at a job that long and I don't just swap jobs. I swap careers with it. I studied journalism, broadcast journalism. Um, and off the back of that, went and worked in local radio for the BBC. That was like a sports reporter job, which I loved. But it was BBC Radio Gloucestershire. So you, you can imagine I was like covering local cricket and rugby games, stuff I wasn't overly, overly interested in. Like, do I care what Cinderford and Forest Green Rovers are doing? Probably <laughs> not. But I was there watching games, giving 20 second updates. Someone yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I've, I've done stuff like I've worked in shopping TV for a few years. That was where I met Jules Breach. More on that later. Um, worked on cruise ships, which was a, a couple's job I did with my wife where we we were selling coloured diamonds doing we were 
something called trunk show hosts, very random, uh, moving from ship to ship. Yeah, it it sounds it, doesn't it? It sounds really sort of Del Boy, like I was selling dodgy (laughs) diamonds from the inside of my coat pocket on like the world's most luxurious cruise ship. On a cruise where they've got nowhere to run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the most captive audience ever, mate. Everyone there is is obviously like celebrating a birthday or an anniversary, and it's full of sort of. 50 to 60 year olds who've got high disposable income, nowhere to go for 10 days. Well, they can come and watch one of my coloured diamond seminars. And off the back of it, me and my glamorous wife will we'll take them into the jewellery shop and show them some really nice one of a kind pieces. You can imagine, right? Um, so that was fun. And then, and then, yeah, I worked at Crystal Palace in the marketing team. And now here I am working at, in, in the best job of them all, working for a charity called Street Child United to organise the Street Child football world cup so yeah i think that's probably the most interesting stuff about me is really the pink suit and some of the jobs brilliant absolutely brilliant which part of london were you in i was in croydon but i moved around really i grew up in croydon i grew up well i say grew up but when i was 14 15 i was living around croydon till about 20 oh nice do you know what i I love croydon i know it's got a bit of a bad rep but it's quirky i like it absolutely it was useful when i worked at crystal palace because i could walk to work that was nice oh brilliant brilliant um so we're gonna take take it into completely different dimension now mm-hmm. uh, one of the people's favorite question here i think carly's upset because i've taken it because normally you she likes to ask question. it it's yeah a I'm cracking sorry. question i know what's I'm coming sorry yeah yeah if you weren't human which animal would your personality match best with and why so i listened to mark sudden's um show uh, uh, the pod you guys did with him and i and so i knew this question was coming and he gave a really good answer and I was thinking, oh, I was going to go boring with like dog or whatever. And he gave me a cat and loads of reasons why. But I thought about it. And actually, it's quite an easy one. I'd, I'd be a dolphin all day long. Um, always in a group. I was a dolphin. I was no a dolphin. way. Yeah. 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 I mean, always in a group, right? They're sociable. And yeah, I think that they're, they're, they're just they're just fun. And I like to think that I'm, I like to have a laugh. And I definitely like to be surrounded by people. I get very bored very quickly. And I get very lonely very quickly, probably. And therefore, I like to be surrounded by friends and family all the time. And it's pod. It's, it's a pod, right? A dolphin. A group of dolphins is a pod of dolphins, I think. Um, it is. OK, good. So, yeah, I, I'd like to, I like the idea of being surrounded by people. And therefore, dolphin works for me. I also think if dolphins had hair, it would be fabulous. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it would be. You mentioned that. Nice, nice segue there for you, PJ. Do you know, um, uh, Gianna, do you know my, my, my fact about dolphins? That they are the only animals, um, uh, apart from human beings, that are capable of committing suicide just to kind of dampen your, uh, you know, love of them there. But, um, Is that actually a thing, really? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the original flipper um, committed committed suicide, yeah. He drowned no himself. No way. He, he found it too traumatic being, uh, you know, doing the show all the time. So this, that's honestly true. Um, wow. Uh, you know, but... Uh, Anyway, let's move That's on. That's absolutely heartbreaking, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you know what? I remember well, watching. Yeah. I remember watching Flipper as a kid and loved that film. At the same time, you look back and go, "Animals in captivity." Period. I don't like, and especially, especially like killer whales and, and you know dolphins and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll move on to brighter things. But that's just, I guess, emotionally intelligent, right? Oh, they're a great animal, dolphins. I, I applaud. I applaud your 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 choice with both flippers. Mm-hmm. So, um, far more important than that what everyone really wants to know and and really the kind of key intention for for getting you on this pod to begin with is 
what is the secret behind your hair? You know, is it is it what is it a regime? Is it a particular product? Is it just genetics? Just just tell us. Oh, I'd love to. Oh, I'd love when to Phil say, says suppose. everyone. When PJ says he everyone, it's him. It's, him. <laughs> it's, it's all he's been going on about. There are lots of people who want to stroke Gianni's uh, hair. I wasn't the first in McHugh. I just joined McHugh. Do you know what? I'm, yeah, I'd love to say I spend hours doing it and stuff. But I really, I really, it's it's very much just a case of I'm pretty lazy. I don't spend time in front of the mirror. I genuinely don't. And my hair reflects that like it's pretty messy all day long and then i'll go on camera to do something which is what you guys would obviously see like any post or whatever and i might just sprinkle some some magic powder in it and, and flick it back but it's pretty quick and, and unfixed and floppy and natural but the powder i do use and there is a key the powder does help it's it's a little purple bottle and i think it's called got to be or something like that and it's swatch cough and it's it's a little four pound bottle you can buy in super drug or boots or or whatever but it, it doesn't give Max hole, but it gives you that kind of little um, sea salt look, I think. Sea salt look. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, know when you've been, you know when you've been in the sea and your yeah. hair just feels a yes, little bit yeah, crunchy and it has a little bit of hold with it. I think that's all the secret is. The, the typing you can hear in the background is PJ searching for this, uh, <laughs> this um, powder that you just mentioned. Yeah, I, mean, I think my it's head, called got head. to be. My hair doesn't go down, which is one of the reasons I'm jealous of yours. I've got I've got hair which is probably similar in, in kind of thickness and, and colour to you, but mine just keeps going up, um, <laughs> and it never comes down. That's cool is. though. I think you can do lots with that. I'd love I'd love yeah. that sort of volume, mate. Like mine's mine can get flat, and do you know what? Mine's not as thick as it looks. It's thinning like most thirty three year old blokes. I've got a little bit of a receder going on. You know, mm, it happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, you've lost me now. I know you're seeding. So, you know. <laughs> OK, so next question. And this is kind of us getting back into to football, really. How and when did you first get into FPL and football in general? And then, of course, tell us a little bit about your love for Chelsea. Oh, nice. Yeah. Great to chat football again. I'm, I'm done with the hair chat. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I'd, FPL kind of came about in... I think my first year of uni, I was at the um, student bar. We were watching football, me and my best mates, who I'm still best mates with now. And it was the group I got with sort of early at uni. Uh, there's six of us. We're in a mini league at the moment called the Pentagon. We're the six of us. Um, but that group of six, we were all together in the SU watching football. And one of the lads um, was like, there's this thing called like fancy football we should be playing it it's like an official premier league one we all knew about the sort of newspaper ones the dream team and stuff like that none of us had ever played other than this one guy and he was like you'll all love it we're all absolutely football obsessed that's why you know that's what bonds us for sure um so yeah since then we've we've been in a mini league for 13 seasons now and it's been really good fun but i do class myself as a football fan first and fpl fan second despite being obsessed with both um my love of football has been, you know, been there since day day one. I one of my earliest memories was nineteen, and I can barely remember it. It was nineteen ninety four USA. Roberto Baggio skying a penalty in the World Cup final, and I remember my dad sort of just watching. It was my bedtime. I was probably what five years old. I was born in eighty seven. Rubbish maths. What six seven? Um, and um, I remember sitting on the staircase. Um, trying to peer through the lounge door as the penalty shootout took place because it was it was it was my bedtime and my dad just sort of 
in absolute despair that, that Italy had got to another World Cup final and and lost and the world's best player, Baggio, had been the one to sky it. But I grew up watching Italian football with my dad. Channel 4, Sundays, James Richardson presenting. There was more live Italian football on in England in the 90s than there was English football. It was mental. You'd get two or three games every weekend. One uh, of the so best programmes on a Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah, right. One of the best programmes did... on a Sunday. Galazzo, yeah, it was it was the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? it was one of the best ways for us to keep in touch with the Italian football. I was so much more into it in the nineties because yeah. of that. Yeah, and we didn't get. I don't remember. I don't think on sort of state national TV in England we had live games. We had match of the day, and there was cable. Mm. But yeah. on Channel Four, you would get live Italian games. You know, we just had the four channels back then, so it was brilliant. And my first shirt was a AC Milan shirt. My dad's team. Uh, the 95 AC Milan shirt, which I've recently bought a year or two ago with Badger on the back so I could have it again because I've lost it. Um, and then I was like, I need an English team. Who am I going to support? All my mates at school support English teams. These guys don't watch Serie A. By now, it's, I don't know, 1996, 97. And my mum goes out and buys me a black, sharp view can Man United shirt. And I was like, mum, I can't support United. All my mates support United. And I think it's just a personality trait thing. I tend to want to do what others don't, like wearing a pink suit, like picking Alonso captain this weekend, which I might do, I don't know. Um, and I just I just went, I don't want to support United, Mum. I had to pick a team. And my dad had no interest in any English team. And I just went, do you know what? I like Chelsea because there's loads of players playing there that I knew from Serie A. They were buying AC Milan players like Desai and Hullet. They were getting the likes of Di Matteo, Zola, Italian players. So Chelsea then became my team. And at the time, they weren't amazing. I remember we won the FA Cup in 97 and 2000. But, you know, we we're always a top six team. Nothing more. And then, yeah, I got lucky with Roman's money and we, you know, we became a top top team, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how the Chelsea link came about. And I'm, you know, I'm obsessed still with Serie A and Chelsea and the Italian national team, which I, I support probably more than any team. Um, so, yeah, I'm just obsessed with football, really. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, nothing wrong with that. Absolutely brilliant. So, um, right. I got to know you because of your interactions with Toby, because I mm-hmm. see you too as the funniest banter on Twitter, hands down. I mean, me, me and Monkey got, argue all the time, PJ. Me, me and him argue all the time on Twitter, but we're not yeah. a patch on you two. It's absolutely yeah. hilarious. So We're ridiculous, <laughs> aren't we? we are it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. It makes me laugh all the time. So t- tell us about, about this um, banter. And I believe you guys co-wrote a book together, right? How did that yeah. come about? Yeah, we did. And you know what? The the book came about because of the banter. And, you know, PJ will, will, will obviously comments a lot on, on our banter on Twitter. And sometimes I look at it and go, it's so boring. It's I'm bored of it. But at the same time, I can imagine from an outsider, it's probably quite funny. But it's all absolutely genuine. We are polar opposites in our probably in our styles, despite often having similar looking teams. But I just feel like, you know, if he says potato, I, tomato, I say t- what am I thinking? If he says tomato, I say tomato. That was, that was badly put. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the book was his idea. We spent our life on our WhatsApp thread with the six lads that I mentioned, the Pentagon Mini League. And uh, Toby and I are the most active by miles. Uh, we don't have kids yet. That probably helps. Um, and, and on the WhatsApp, yeah, we're just talking FPL all day. And we were, we were sort of often putting loads of good tips and stuff like that and talking about why we love the game and, and how you can get better at it. And Tobes was like, you know what, you've got such good insight, you know, perhaps we should write a book because at the time we weren't on Twitter, we weren't in the community, we didn't listen to pods, 
I did always watch the FPL show when that started. So I got the insight from the likes of Mark. But other than that, there was zero outside source. So we wrote this book, uh, Fancy Premier League, Unlocking the Secrets of Top 1%. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Um, and um, it was great because we wrote it without third party interest. We wrote it without hearing loads of great content, but content nonetheless. Right. So we wrote it from what we genuinely thought was a way of becoming a top 1% player. And at the time, Toby and I were having some really good finishes and we had a good sort of rank history, despite not actually knowing about overall rank until probably the year before the book. We were just always playing for mini league success. Um, but yeah, it, it was a success, which is great. We're still selling and it, it, it's brilliant. But Tobes and I, the banter has continued. One chapter in the book is Mind Games and it's screen grabs from our WhatsApp conversations, which are now mostly on Twitter, to be fair. But it's sort of trying to get into the other one's head about captaining a player that you're not or pretending you're going to buy someone that you're not or forcing someone into a move that you think they'll go for just because they think you're doing it. They want a copy when actually you're nowhere near that. So the Mind Games chapter is the highlight of the book, which Tobes wrote and it's screen grabs from our, 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 our banter, really. But our banter is always very friendly. But it's just it's just, you know, he thinks Mason Mount's rubbish. I think he's the world's best player. We're both wrong, but it's just funny. Um, <laughs> but, you know, admit, admit the, those opinions. What, um, what, one follow-up question I wanted to ask on this, because um, uh, is, is in terms of now that you're much bigger part of the community and, and obviously FBL in general with your appearances on the, FB, um, uh, on the FBL show and stuff, is whether your kind of OR and kind of everything is, mm. is more important to you and how that's affected your decision. So, so I've always played for mini-leagues and it's only in the last kind of two years that I've obviously become um, a much kind of bigger presence in the kind of Twitter community and stuff. And obviously I speak to a lot of people and once you become more ingrained in that community, you're, you're always hearing OR, expected ownership, all these terms. And I, I think one of the reasons why I've done so poorly this season is because I've, I've just taken my eye off what I really enjoyed about playing the game, which was, I basically played, yeah, I was in lots of leagues, but realistically, I played in two leagues with 10 or 12 mates. And that's all I cared about for 10 yeah. years yeah. until the last two seasons. That is all I cared about. I didn't even know what my OR was like three yeah. seasons ago. I would just never look at it. Um, whereas now I check it, I check the expect, I check the live rank, you know, kind of almost after every every <laughs> game week kind of thing, after mid-game a lot of the time. And, you know, do you find yourself doing that? And do you think that that's, affecting you the fact that now you're part of a community that you look at that overall percentage because suddenly I feel like oh my god I'm competing against seven million people not ten people yeah and it changes your mindset completely doesn't it mate everything you've just said I I couldn't agree that's me that we're exactly the same on that front for 10 years didn't even know how to look at my overall rank uh history I didn't know it was a thing like I, I guess yeah. I knew it was a thing but I, I didn't even I don't even think at the end of the season I would look it's only now I go back and go, oh, in 2010, I got this. And it's like, OK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it definitely has affected. It's affected my mindset, firstly, because like you guys, I'm checking rank mid game week. One thing I never do is post mid game week or I don't get excited because I'm always like, wait for the 10 games to finish because you can just you can get too excited about something that's just going to kill you hours later when someone you haven't got that's highly owned bangs. Um, does it affect my decisions, though? I'd love to tell you that it didn't. But of course it does. Um I, at the start of the season, um, probably wanted to be a bit clever because it was the first time I was doing a team reveal video with Scout and I knew they were going to follow my journey every um, every week. Um, 
And on that journey was a half an hour video every Wednesday, which has got my rank right at the top of the screen. Sod's law of the year. They're doing that is this season um, where I'm at 600K or whatever. Um, but come game week three, when I wildcarded, I was like, I'm going to go without Salah. I'm going to go big on City. I don't know if I would have. Yes, I would have been that bold in previous years because that's kind of what I do. But at the same time, I flirted with the idea of no Salah, got a bit of a backlash on Twitter or on, possibly on YouTube. I can't remember. And it made me want to do it more. And, I'd, and so it was almost like, no, I'm going to do it just despite you guys and show everyone that actually I know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to go triple city attack, sack off Salah, even though you guys are all captaining him for the next few weeks. And of course, City somehow scored like six goals in six games, which is just not them. Uh, and Salah, of course, banged. And, and the rest was, you know, a struggle. But would I have done that in previous years? No, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. I would have had bold decisions, but not decisions to sort of spite a, a mass audience, which is what I think I did there. You know, last season at the end of in Project Restart, on the FPL show, I joked, there was two captains shown to us. And I went, I'm genuinely not sure which one I'm going to go for. You know, I'll probably just let my dog pick very flippant comment the next day I genuinely let my dog pick my captain now I do those videos I never actually go with what Sharko says it's more for other people right I don't that, that request it and perhaps do want to go with what Sharko says I'm way too serious it's like I care way too much about FPL to let a dog pick my captain but no I did it because I knew it was content and I'd sort of said on the show I was going to do it and I knew it'd be you know, popular on social media. How ridiculous. But I genuinely let Foden, uh, went Foden because Sharko picked Foden. Um, so, yeah, it's I'm definitely sure. affected me. Great. Um, uh, no, no, it's fantastic to hear you say that. And, yeah, one thing I'm definitely going to be trying to do next season is is revert back, yeah. uh, you know, filter out the noise and go back into my mini league bubble and, and just try and concentrate on that. Because at the end of the day, if you have a good season in your main mini leagues, you'll invariably end up having a good season in, in, in overall FBO anyway. Good. So um, moving on, what's what's your favourite um, kind of FBL, FBL memory that you that you have over the years? That's a hard one. I, I, I seem to, and I don't know if it's a personality thing, I seem to remember the, the heartache more than the joy, which is shocking because it's a game we all absolutely love. It's our game of choice, right? But I don't know. Last season, for example, I remember selling Trent on my wild card on Boxing Day. And I was going to bring him back two weeks later. It was one of those short-term sales on a wild card. He had two tricky fixtures. I think it was Leicester away. It was the first game. And he went and got 24 points, record-breaking score. So that's my worst memory. Um, best. I remember Aguero scoring five back in 2015 against Newcastle. I think it was like a 6-1 win. I can't remember if I captained him, but yeah. I remember him getting five and that was massive. And that was massive for my mini league. But I think the, my favourite thing in FPL, I guess, is it's, it's owning a differential that none of your mates have got, that you can get on early. And that's your bragging rights right there, right? It's, it's, I'm the only one in the mini league with, and this is an example from, I think, 2012, Peter Rodden Wingate. I think he went four games on the trot scoring and I had him for all of those four. And he was, what, 4.55 million forward. No one else had him. It didn't get me huge points. I was probably ticking along with six to eight points each game. That felt better than those those captain halls where your captain gets a hat-trick, but everyone else has him anyway. Like, I just like having those differentials that win. You know, half my mini league wouldn't have even known who Peter Odden Winge was. And there he was scoring four and four. That made me feel good. I like I, I like those differential wins. Yeah, that's kind of like getting to sneak a Christmas present on Christmas Eve or something, you know, and like <laughs> no one else gets to. <laughs> um, exactly so, like that. So still with FPL, you're the boss 
at uh, FPL Towers for one day and you can change one rule or feature in the game, what would you choose? Oh, wow. Um, I've always thought the game's great and I w- if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm not big on the whole change this, change that. For example, I know a lot criticised the bonus point system, but it's transparent. There's 32 or 34 metrics. We know what they are. Pick accordingly. Um, I do, however, think penalties. Firstly, the assist for the penalty, right? If I go down and I win an assist for a penalty and someone takes it and skies it over the bar, I feel like I should still get the assist for that. Um, so I, I feel like you should always get an assist for a penalty, whether or not that's converted or not. Which is silly because you could say if you knock a ball along the you know five yards from goal and someone can tap it in and, and shanks it wide, you don't get the assist. So why should you for a penalty? But I feel the penalty with the XG you get for it, the 0.75 chance, the amount of penalties we see scored, I think you should just get it. But likewise, what if you, what, if you won your own penalty? Would you then well, get? Yeah. So likewise, I think if you win your own penalty, you should also be rewarded. But so I would have, I'd have two points for an assist for a penalty rather than three. So you get two. If you assist a penalty, you get two. If you score it, you also get the two. If Sorry, if, if you score it and assist it, you also get the two. But to score a penalty, this is sounding way more complicated than it, sh- than it should be. <laughs> to score a penalty, I wouldn't give the same points. Um, I wouldn't give four to a forward, five to a midfielder, six to a defender. I would just go score a penalty, any position on the pitch. If you take the penalty, you score it, you get three points. I'd make it slightly lower. And I'd go, but if you assisted it too, you get an extra two, so you get five. And if you assisted it and the guy missed it, then you still get the two for the assist. So I'd just change something around penalties, assisting and scoring. Um, because, you know, I think Bruno this season, I think he's on 16 yeah. Premier League goals, eight of them are pens. It's just, no, it's just, that's, that's not a way to enjoy football. It's just annoying. All right, I, I'm a Chelsea fan. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> do you know what they do in Italy when they do when they do the, the the golden boot in Italy, and it is it's awarded of course for total goals. But on the graphics, whatever newspaper you're reading, reading or ever show you're watching, they always highlight how many of those goals are penalties. And it's sort of like, yeah, of course, you should be rewarded for being the golden boot winner in 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 any particular league. But if half of them are pens and someone else has scored, is one behind you and none of them are pens, for me, that's the real golden boot winner. Like, I, I don't know, I'm a bit of a romantic at heart. And I feel but they like... could all be tappings, right? They could all be tappings, like Gary. Yeah, but that might be his job. If he's, num- if he's a number nine poacher, it's his job to be tapping it in. Like Inzaghi. Although, yeah, yeah, right. Although most of his are offside. Um, he wouldn't survive with VAR. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. maybe. And, you know, I can say it's his job to tap it in. You could argue it's his job to convert the penalties. I just exactly, feel like yeah. it's just not I, I see the, the romantic point. if he wants I see to see the proper goal. I still think... I see the point, but I still think it's 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 a skill in itself that that you know that that should be rewarded because yes, it's easy to score penalties, but you will see so many missed, right? So, yeah. um, right. So continuing with the thing about you being the manager now, describe yourself as an FBL manager in three words. Oh, that's hard. Um, okay, anxious. If I go off this season, oh, terrible time. Um, informed um, because I do a lot of research about football, not about FPL, by the way, but just football, like players' positions and tactics. I'm informed, I'd, I'd say. Um, I'm bold because I'm not too scared of decisions, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far as Maverick. I'm definitely not a Maverick manager. I'm too scared to be Maverick. I applaud those that are. I love that style, but I'd go bold, which is perhaps on a scale of Dullard to Maverick. It's kind of somewhere at 75%, which is probably yeah. 
Yeah. So anxious, informed, and bold. Fair enough. Yeah. Quantifying of bold at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, what are your tactics when you're setting up your kind of game each week? Do you kind of typically go early on your transfers, or, or you know, or do you do you kind of wait to the last minute? I'd, I also think this question this season is not much of a barometer because I think more people have been inclined to wait as a result of COVID. But but generally thinking back to those kind of crucial mini leagues, did, you know, um, you know, when did you make those transfers and, and how early do you make those captain decisions? Yeah, in years gone by, I'm glued to price changing websites and I will go early if I'm buying a player with a good injury record that's not playing midweek and is about to have a price rise, I'm not scared of going on a Sunday night or a Monday and I'll build team value. And I'm, I'm fairly big on that. If the guy's got, you know, a European tie um, and a poor in, or and or a poor injury record, then or a rotation risk, I don't go near those early moves. But if you're bringing in an absolute banker, then, yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid of going early. This season, however, I haven't done that once. Uh, this week, I'm buying either Trent or Jota or possibly both. Jota's gone up two price rises already. Whatever. I'm, I'm holding out. In a COVID season, I'm just making late transfers Saturday mornings or Friday nights, depending on the deadline. So I've not actually made any and I've been ignoring team value because of it and probably suffered a little bit. And I know it's a little bit stupid because we can say, oh, the cancellations have been and gone. But you just never know. And I, I, I just don't want to be stung by that um, for, for point one. It's just not worth it. So I'm fairly last minute dot com to this season. But in years gone by, yeah, I've tried to get every every little edge I can. And often that is with those point one savings early in the game week, because I, I tend to have a good idea of what I'm going to do early. Yes, it changes a bit. Like during the international break for two weeks, I knew I was going to buy a Chelsea defender. However, with three days to go, where I started really thinking about it. I went, oh, OK, I don't want Rudiger. I'm going to buy Alonso. It changed a little bit. I went Alonso, but the overall picture was I knew who I was selling and I knew what team's defender I was buying. And 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 I don't tend to get too influenced um, and I tend to stick with my sort of general decisions like the Chelsea defender one during the international break and have a pretty clear picture and a roadmap, of course, of my next eight moves. Now, that never goes to plan because injuries form price changes, whatever. But I, I like to plan out in advance if I can. OK, so you're a planner, but a bold planner then. Yeah. Um, how and when do you feel happy taking hits or maybe making riskier lineup or captaincy decisions? I don't know if this is a part of being in the community or if this is just the game evolving. But I and when we wrote the book, I remember writing in there something like I average four or five hits a season. And we look back and I do four or five hits a season maximum. Right. Um, yeah. In the last two seasons, which have been my two seasons on Twitter, I must be averaging. I don't even know. 15, 20 a season. I, I don't even know. I don't even want to look. Um, I, I, at one point this season, I felt like I was doing one every week. Um, and I've, I've, I think I've done one in the last month or two. So I've been quite good recently. But yeah, um, I think that's probably just just the FOMO, the FOMO of seeing everyone else's teams. Yeah. It must be something to I'd lo- love to say the game. The first when you first asked that question, I thought straight around the games evolved. You need there's more premium options that you, you back form and you, you just go short term and, and you move around the premiums. But actually, no, of course, it, that probably was always the case. There's always been premiums delivering that you want to hop on and off of. But you're more content because you only see seven other people's teams in your mini league or whatever. Um, I'm thinking all the videos and, and sort of team reveals you see or, or people's posts on social, you probably go, 
wow, everyone's captaining Salah this weekend and I don't have Salah. So I'm going to take a minus four to get him in. Um, I probably have been influenced it, which I really dislike because I like to think I'm always my own my own guy, my own manager. I don't look at outside opinion, but of course I do. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't be on social for more than, you know, half an hour with probably being slightly influenced about something. So, yeah, I'd like to think that perhaps next season, like PJ was saying, going back to basics, I'll do the same and, and, and not care so much about rank and not care so much about hits um, and just, you know, manage a mini league. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely changed. I think it's that about seeing so many, because you can't have them all. Mars says this all the time, you know, you can't have everyone. But yeah. when you, and you know, and when you look at your mini league, you know you can't have everyone because most, you know, but you're only looking at kind of seven, eight, nine, ten kind of different teams. But on Twitter, every player in the game or every player that you want in the game is owned by somebody. Yeah. And so, yeah, that that FOMO is, is hugely increased. So, so certainly one of my... Um, you know, just to kind of elaborate on one of the things I'm definitely going to do next year is just not look at those other teams on Twitter. I think that's the main thing is not be drawn in that. I still, I still want to chat socially. I still want to put my posts out and stuff. But, you know, I've got some DMs which I've chat with, WhatsApp groups, etc. Those are the people involved in my mini leagues who, I, who I'm happy to see their teams get into a bit yeah. of mind game banter with. I've missed that mind game sides of it as well. Um, that was always one of the biggest attractions of mini, game, mini leagues to me. Yeah, you it's the best. Have, you can't have mind games with so many people on the FPL <laughs> community. It's just nonsense. So, um, no. I was going to ask you the next question, but it's not mine. It's uh, it's Marzi's. He loves to ask this question. Um, I just, yeah, yeah. It's an so update from Dini, though. You know, I just think that Dominic yeah. Calvert doing all. <laughs> it should be Dominic Calvert. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, it's just, it's just, it's a. Dini was one of these guys that um, I, I love to hate because I brought him in for easy fixtures and he blanked and his, my season tanked because of that. So since yeah. then, I decided not to bring him in. Then I did and he got a red card against Arsenal. So that doubled the hate. Oh, <laughs> so do you, have, do you have any players or teams that you try to avoid in FPL because of uh, your passion towards another team or the fact that you hate the player? Oh, different, different teams in different seasons. But in the last couple of years... I have been very anti-United and I know a lot of people listening to this will be United fans. And because of that, I've seen myself quite late to the party with even some of their, their worldy players like Bruno. I've been late to the party on them. So this season I had Bruno two months after everyone else had. I missed out on some of his massive captain's halls when everyone else has captained him. And I do that because I just look at the team and go, they can't keep winning. They're playing rubbish football, but they do. And, you know, they saw it again at the weekend against Brighton Things go their way and it's not, it's not like they deserve what they get, I'm sure. But, you know, those those fine lines, the penalties they won last season, I don't want to turn this into a United run, but it's meant that I've been fairly late to United players, which I know. Oh, please, I'm listening. I hate United. (laughs) So United players are always more owned than any other team because they're the most supported team, right? So United, there's always a United tax, if you like. You could look at Martial's ownership and go, I've no idea what it is. Let's say it's ten percent, and go if he if Martial was in any other team, it'd be three percent. So there's always there's always that fear that when they do bang, your overall rank will slip because they're just commonly owned assets because of the team. so, yeah, I'd say it's been the United players of late. I don't think I can earmark a particular player. I mean, of course, at times this season, Shea Adams early in the season, Watkins of late. I've owned Watkins for the last two months. So nice to get the seven or eight or whatever points he got at the weekend. Um, and I'm praying <laughs> Grealish, Grealish is back very soon. Um, yeah. But, 
but yeah, I, I think I, it's just been more teams than anything else. I remember at one point I was um, I was anti Arsenal under Wenger at some point because as a Chelsea fan I was fed up of seeing Arsenal beating us. Um, so so yeah, things have probably just happened towards teams, and because of that, I've missed out on some worldly players in that team. I inevitably get them. I remember I never had Rooney in my team. Like I, despite Rooney being a brilliant FPL asset, I disliked him so much as a footballer. Bearing in mind, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty anti-United, but also I don't support England either. And I didn't particularly like Rooney as a person. It was really difficult to wow. bring him into my yeah. FPL team when he was, I don't know, 12 million. And I, there were still other good options. But yeah, I, I was cutting my nose off to spite my face for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we had a we had an agreement in our entire league because we hated your club so much <laughs> that, that no one could own John Terry, Ashley Cole or Frank Lampard. You're kidding, so, for a whole um, mini-league, for a whole season? Yeah, for a whole, se- for a whole two seasons of the league. Ethical FBL, uh, Gianni. Um, uh, but, yeah, um, it, it definitely it definitely does. Um, if you do hate a particular kind of team or player. I, I, I've actually found that less of an issue the last couple of years because I think... We we've kind of lost the kind of real bastards, much to the detriment of the of of, of the league. Um, you know, there's not the likes of kind of the Ronaldo's or the Costas or yeah. you know in the league anymore. <laughs> Rooney, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a United fan, so anyway, let's not let's not uh, dwell on this. So, um, if you had to choose one player, past or present, um, uh, I probably could take a wild guess who it might be, but uh, to have in your FBL team, who would it be? It's going to be one that you banned a few years ago in your mini-league. I'd be going yeah, Frank exactly. all day long. Frank was an FPL god. I can't... He was getting 20 goals a season for like four or five years on the trot as from midfield. Yeah, Frank for me. No-brainer. And and Frank, one of the reasons I hated Frank Lampard is that reason what you just summed up about Man United. Because, I mean, the guy must have had 90% of his shots deflected. Oh, please. I was waiting for that. I thought you were going to I was thinking he's going to go deflected or pens. Or, 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 or he's just going to go really generic and go, he scuffed them all. I can't. Um, common misconception, that one. But, yeah, whatever. It was a phenomenal athlete. I'll give him that. He was so consistent. He never got injured. I mean, Ferguson himself called him a freak of nature. Yeah. But some of his goals, my God, that was like a poker streak that lasted for six years. Anyway. You know what? Even if you take off the, all the pens, all the scuff shots, <laughs> all the deflections, he still beats every other midfielder's number numbers ever in Premier League history. He's scored that many. But whatevs. Shut. <laughs> 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 Shut down there, PJ. <laughs> um, okay, so next one. Um, you would have had to scroll back a fair bit for this one, but can you tell us who the first five FPL accounts you followed were and still follow on Twitter? Oh, my goodness. That's so hard. Do you know what? Like RSI I, scrolling. I'll be really, I'll be genuinely honest here. I got on FPL Twitter because I had a book coming out and we had no presence and I wanted to build a... Build a um, I wanted, I wanted to be able to sort of promote it to an audience of FPL fans, right? So Toby and I created this joint account called FPL Diary. We still we, we do our team reveals on it. Um, and we just started following everyone because we wanted follows back. Um, and then we knew if they followed back, we could then post about the book and people might buy it. Um, so to be genuinely honest, I can't remember. I'm, I mean, there was a couple of big names I'd seen on the FPL show that I'd definitely beelined for, the likes of FPL General. Um, so I remember him. I remember 
uh, Flapjack, Rich Davies, who presents uh, another FPL pod. Oh, yes, we, we all know Flapjack very well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, of course you do. So Flapjack was definitely one of the first. And he was, when we were doing FPL Diary, sort of, um, Tobes and I were obviously always on it, sort of engaging in the community. And people never know who knew who was speaking, which is why we, we got our, our own accounts very quickly. Also, we had a difference in opinion all the time. And, and Rich Flapjack was always so good and going, uh, Janny, I, I know that's you because it would be like an anti Spurs dig or Toby would be slating Mount. And yeah, it was just always funny. Every time he posted, Flapjack would just be like, Janny, Toby, like just identifying to everyone else that who was who. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely Rich and, and and general. I can't, I massively can't think of of all the others I beeline for. Um, so so yeah, they're the only two that really come to mind because as I said, I I just went, I went, we went heavy on it for a few months, and we were we we loved it, and we went, ah, oh, this is actually a really cool community to be a part of. Let's have our own accounts. Let's actually be part of it. And you can see now we absolutely love it. There's no hidden agendas there of trying to build and follow people to sell books. But that was our that was our aim. Kudos to you, Gianni, for being absolutely honest. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Absolutely wrong with what you what what you've done. Everybody would have done the same. And and you can see that, by the way, now I don't think you guys even mention it. I think it's in your Twitter handle, maybe or bio or whatever that's called. But you guys are there sharing videos, talking, chatting, everything. Because of the love of the game, not trying to sell something or do something. It's there. It's it's you. It's you. It, you you might be known for it, but you're also known for being Gianni talking about that and maybe about your hair and you and and you know the 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 flirting banter with Toby. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so as we touch on the community, what is it that you like best about being part of the community? It obviously means a lot to you. you just talked about it and tell us about. Uh, so you you've mentioned that I see you on the scout, also official FBL. And um, you meant, you you've already touched on the dog videos, but hmm. all this work that you do with the community, tell us about it and how you feel about being part of the community. I absolutely love it. Like going on FPL Twitter was so I'm so grateful I did that, and I just enjoy the engagement. The best thing about it is right, you can just any time of day you can put a post out or comment on someone's post and have a good chat about the game we all love. And you know it doesn't have to be about FPL, but uh, usually it's about football in some capacity. And it's my topic of choice. 20, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, right? So um, that's brilliant. And it can be good educational chat. You know, I'm a bit bored of just chatting with the five blokes in my mini league who all support United, no tar. Um, so, you know, it's nice to have that variety, which is great. And then the scout stuff, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, firstly, the FPL show stuff came about from knowing Jules Breach from our time in shopping TV together back in 2011, 12, 13. Um, I we kept in touch and I kind of knew she was um, presenting the FPL show which I watched um, and I'd said to her like Jules I'd love to come on like she knew I cared about FPL and she knew I was a fairly good manager and we would often text about FPL and I'd be like god you're presenting the FPL show I'm just some old mate and we're you know we're chatting about what players to buy and stuff giving each other tips um, and she was like yeah if you, um, I'd like, you know, perhaps you could come on the show. Now you're thinking about writing a book, and I told her about the book, and she writes the foreword. And um, and she was like, yeah, I, I've spoken to the producer. I can, yeah, now you've written a book. You're almost like a credible name. I could say, yeah, we can get you on as a pundit. They wanted by sort of overall rank history and stuff like that. Um, so I went in for my first show, what, 18 months ago, two years ago, I can't even remember. And um, and I knew there was a good chance I'd go in and that I'd never be back on. Um, it was you know, effectively a trial. Um, and yeah, it was great. They they kind of liked me enough to go, you can come back. And 
I guess as time has passed, I've just gone on more and more. So at the moment, I'm doing a couple of shows a month, which is perfect. I live a couple of hours from London, but my highlight of the week, like tomorrow, will be the drive down to to be on the FPL show. Absolutely worth the time and energy you put in and taking time out of your day job to do it is is worth it because I love it. And I working alongside the likes of Jules, great to see an old friend, but my favourite TV presenter ever, James Richardson from the Italian football stuff. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's dreamy. It's great. Absolutely love it. And then the scout stuff kind of came from there. They're looking for someone to do more videos. I like being on camera, as you may have noticed. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was a kind of good match, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, happy days. Great Brilliant. stuff. Great stuff. Um, so, big question next. You're hosting a dinner party. And you can invite any three people, living or dead. Who are they, and what are you going to be? Uh, what are you going to be putting in front of them, food and drink wise? This is the hardest question ever, and I think because I didn't want to just give you three Premier League footballers, right, or even three footballers. Like all my heroes, certainly not of, Chelsea. Yeah, right. Uh, no one would come. Um, all my <laughs> heroes, I guess, are, are are footballers. So I'm trying to think outside of that. Now I'm not like besotted with any celebrities or anything like that, or or not, certainly not ones that I. You I'd mean it's have. not Maldini and no. uh <laughs> yeah, I was. Do you know what I thought earlier? I, Maldini was on. The, I was going to go about Maldini, Del Piero, Pirlo, or something. But no, oh. no, it's not. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think creatively. And as I said, like, there's no one I'm like besotted with outside of football because football is, you know, my hobby of interest. Um, but I've gone for three interesting characters, and it would just be because we'd have an absolute ball, and it would just be a, a night of crazy, crazy stories from these three characters past. And also just a lot of, you know, a lot of fun and a lot of alcohol consumed, I'd, I'd have thought. Although I think two of them might be teetotal now, which is quite funny. But if you look back in the day, they certainly weren't. So one of them, Russell Brand, just always loved him. Think, think he's hilarious. Don't follow him that closely, but I think he would be one of the most interesting guys to me. I've read his autobiography and it's, yeah, he's, he's definitely got a past. Um, He'd be joined by Ronnie O'Sullivan, who is probably my favourite sportsman of all time. If you can call snooker a sport, which I believe it is, then I think he is the most talented. Oh, no. Oh, God. You did. You did not just say that. Wait, <laughs> yeah. wait. I'm just waiting for him now. Three, <laughs> two, one. He has to talk about snooker. Absolutely. No, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let him finish. I don't interrupt. I'm a massive snooker fan. I go Absolutely massive snooker fan. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you can appreciate just quite how, like, I mean, if you can hit a 147 in five minutes, five then. Minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree. We won't dwell on it, but I, it's, it's hard to ever put, uh, you know, that title of like, you know, most talented kind of sportsman because how do you compare them? But, but Ronnie O'Sullivan, um, is, yeah, is, is, is definitely up there. And, uh, some of those one four sevens are amongst the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. Yeah, just just yeah. incredible. It's so hard snooker. People don't realise how hard yeah. snooker is, and yeah, to make it look that easy is just incredible. But anyway, yeah. So Brandon and O'Sullivan are, are both very checkered pasts. Um, uh, I think they're both teetotal now, and they're also like me. Well, I say I'm a vegan. I'm not a vegan. I've got vegan tendencies. I don't eat meat, and I'm trying to turn away from seafood and I'd eat some dairy and not dairy, whatever. I'm a flexitarian, but Brandon, <laughs> Brandon O'Sullivan. I'm a vegetarian. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I was like, Oh, Brandon, Ronnie O'Sullivan, I think both might be veggie. So I Googled it earlier and yeah, they're actually both. I think Brand went vegan in 2007. I think Ronnie O'Sullivan 
in the not yeah perhaps a few years ago as he went teetotal just went off everything so there definitely has to be vegan food but they're going to be joined by my third member who is a footballer and who's definitely someone that probably only eats meat the carnivore himself Diego Maradona um so I'd, I'd go Brad <laughs> O'Sullivan and Maradona three party, Maradona. three party boys back in the day right and all I want them to do is have one night of naughtiness like forget the forget the rules let's just have a good time and do all bad things and that's just a normal day for forward. Maradona he's, he's yeah exactly <laughs> exactly he wouldn't be giving up anything so um yeah that Maradona would be, would be great by those two those three at their peak, very lively. Do you remember, um, just on Russell Brand quickly, he used to write one of the best football articles every week. I can't remember oh, the yeah. Times. Or, uh, yeah, I used to love it, because he wrote it in, this, in that amazing style that he oh. kind of writes. And he's a big West Ham fan, isn't he? Yeah. And that, that was one of, like, you know, the most brilliant pieces of football writing I used to look forward to every single week. I was so sad when he stopped doing that. You can buy, so I, did, I didn't know about that, but he, he put them all in a book, so you can buy the book. Oh, really? Articles, which I, uh, yeah, so I, yes, I've read his autobiography, as I mentioned, but I've read all his books, including the football article one. Um, so I'll, I'll dig it out and, and let you know the title. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look it up. Honestly, it was just brilliant, brilliant football writing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's amazing. He's the most articulate guy I've ever listened to. All read from. Amazing. What a skill that is. So, yeah, the food would be sushi or vegan sushi or something like that. Something that Maradona would, would definitely throw his toys out the pram at. Um, <laughs> just, just for jokes. It would be funny. It, is it? And actually, I think that's a wonderful segue to our next question, which is if your house was on fire because of your party, for instance, and maybe Maradona uh, threw a tantrum because of the lack of meat products, um, <laughs> you can only save one non-living item. So you can obviously assume that your wife and the dogs are safe. Um, what would you grab and why? It would be, I mean, if I'm in bed and I'm sleeping uh, without any sort of jewellery or anything on, I'm assuming my wedding ring is off. I'd go and grab my wedding ring. Um, it's just very special that it's um, a wedding ring, which obviously the symbolic uh, nature of it with, you know, spending the rest of your life with your loved one, which is amazing. And my wife is the most beautiful person I've ever met. Um, but I'm wearing a ring of, and I've got it on my finger now as I'm looking at it, which is engraved. Um, and it's from my nan. It's actually her wedding ring, uh, which I had to get made bigger. Um, but I, it's just a simple gold band, but it's fairly thick and it's like, it's, it's beautiful. It's got nice little indents and stuff. Um, but my nan and I were really close and, it means a lot that I can kind of have her with me all day, every day. So it's got it's got uh, engraved in it um, her initial and my granddad's initial and the, the date they got married in 1960. Um, so that's probably my, yeah, it's both sentimental and most valuable item, I guess. Hearts melting everywhere. We get to that question. We get to that question. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but more chance for you to, to, to show off even more. Do you have any special skill outside of your oh, uh, job being decent at FBO and also obviously a very sentimental guy? Oh, man, I can't say my stock answer now because I just sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet for so long. No, do you, you know what? I, I, no, I don't have any good yeah. skills. Tell us, tell us the, the real answer. No, no, do you know what? I actually don't. I, I really don't. I, I I was, though, that annoying kid at school that was good at all sports. Um, and I had, um, I got an award at school, which I was 
it's my most proud award I, I guess I had as a kid because I didn't care about sort of exam results or anything like that. And I got the five sport award, which was if you represented the school at five different sports, you got an award. And it happened like once in a sort of generation that the, the school really? would give out this award. And I got it uh, and, I, and I did it in six sports. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, but in terms of now, don't play any sport, really lazy, don't have any skills. So, yeah, times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I also played five sports at school, but that's because they ran out of people and sometimes put me on the other team. Like in hockey, I, I played for the, the other school because they ran out of players in the third team. <laughs> but I just, you're you're still honest, the third I, hockey team? Jeez, where did you go? <laughs> I, I went to boarding school, but we did. But I just, I just loved sports, you know. And a joke, no, yeah, I did. I, I played once for the for the opponents. I think the teacher was pissed off with me, but I did rugby <laughs> and football. I, wherever I could play, I'd play, and I, I get it, you know, like. It, sports is, is, is something that I would always do. So, but to, you know, I assume you represented your school at probably a higher level. And I mean, six sports, gosh, that's fantastic. Like, we need you know to find something was? bad. Where's, where's the bad though. question? I did too, I did too much. And, and I kind of wish my parents had gone, do you know what? Forget, forget, I don't know, football, just concentrate on your rugby or whatever. But I did, I, I spread myself so thin that I was, ended up being good at loads of stuff. But, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. What I really, what I'm trying to say is, I really wish I had a pushy parent, and I might have been, might have, might have done something. But yeah, you know, <laughs> you live and learn. So, okay, move, moving on to this question, where hopefully we can find something we can judge you for in a detrimental light. What's Definitely. your, what's your favourite band, movie, and uh, and, and what, what good shows are you currently watching? Oh gosh, so I, I'm not massive. On, I love music. I love. Um, music that gives sort of emotive sort of qualities i love certain voices bastille for example dan the lead singer just love his voice i'm obsessed with them at times um but I, I, yeah I, I listen to really cheesy stuff my wife's often got smooth or magic on um and yeah we will sing along to all sorts yeah stuff from our childhood we, we sing celine dion every sunday morning or whatever um Oh, I love Boys to Boys Men. To men. Oh. <laughs> um, anything from my childhood gets me going. But then, I, I, so I don't really have a genre which I'm, I'm passionate about. Just I will listen to anything on the radio. Um, and then I, I like dance and house music. I still will go to Ibiza in the summer, despite being 33 years old, and have a little rave with Toby and Co. Um, so I, you know, I still I still live live the dream like a 23 year old, despite being 33. Um, and my music choices are probably veered towards that. Um, so yeah, um, slightly cringe when, when I'll be at a festival this summer and I'll be, everyone else will be 10 years younger, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of what I'm watching, I'm not massive on films. I've, I've started in, I guess as I've got older, I've watched more films, but as a kid, I didn't watch many. So I, I feel like I've missed the boat. Loads of famous films. Like my wife will still go, Oh, should we? Oh, this film's on Netflix, and I'll be like, I've never seen it. She'll be like, Oh my god, it's a classic. How do you not? So, misspent youth. I didn't. I, I often didn't watch um, films. So I, I don't really have a favourite film. I don't think I, the only films I can think I've ever watched more than once would be the old classics, like the um, the Italian mafia classics. So I don't know, The Godfather's or Scarface, Goodfellas. Like those films, I love, and I've, yeah. I've seen them more than once. But I honestly can't think of another film I've even seen more than once, which which definitely if you haven't seen it more than once, it can't be your favourite film, can it? Surely. So, yeah, probably it's probably around that. And then in terms of what I'm watching, 
I don't know, we've just had international breaks. So I got into a few series that that weren't football. Um, so Last Chance You on Netflix is a basketball series, which is really cool about these kids in college. Uh, the Lions tour video from the last tour in New Zealand. I've just watched that. That's amazing on Sky. It's like a three hour watch. Um, fly on the wall stuff. Um, so, yeah, I love watching sort of sports documentaries, really. Cool. Cool. Terrific. Right, so we uh, we we've come to the end now, uh, which is a shame. It's been it's been absolutely uh, brilliant chat. So uh, hopefully this is a time where we we'll find something bad about you, Gianni, because at, at the moment I'm going to give you bad. something. Tell you us one guilty pleasure yeah. uh, and a bad habit that you have. Oh, bad habit. Okay, guilty pleasures. Right, trash TV. Um, yes, Gianni. Spoken about TV, but I will watch. Okay, so there's some things I'll watch full time or some things I'll drift in and out of when I'm watching football on mute. So what what it is, right, if I link this to FPL and football, this season we got 10 live games every weekend, right, because the TV rights, there's no three o'clock Saturday games. I'm watching all 10 of them like a madman just because I'm obsessed with FPL. But some of them are TV volume on fully into it. Others are watching on the laptop on mute when my wife and I are on the sofa watching something else. Because I'm semi-watching the football, the wife's got full control of the, the remote for the, the few hours of the afternoon block out of, of Super Sunday or whatever. Um, so she has it on volume. I'll often take my headset out and go, oh, what's that? Oh, that looks good. And I'll often go, do you know what? Forget the headset. Completely on mute. I'm engrossed in Love Island season two, which she's uh-huh. watching at the moment. <laughs> or Made in Chelsea. Or the Australian, some Australian show, which is about randoms marrying each first other. Marrying each other. Oh, I've, I've watched that pretty much straight. We watched the whole thing. So all that trash TV. I Made in Chelsea like, is hilarious. Oh, Made in Chelsea is just too good, isn't it? Can I just can I make a recommendation for you? I don't know if it's still on Netflix. Um, I don't usually watch these kind of shows, but my friends made me watch it, and I, it was so engrossed. It was the biggest train wreck, but in like a fascinating way. It was called Love Is Blind. Um, you I have heard of that one? Oh my god! Is it English it is, or is it um, Aussie? Actual blind people. It's no, no. They don't. They kind of talk through a wall. And then, like, get to know each other and have these dates and then, like, get married. Okay. It's, it's, Obviously. It's, it's, it's insane. Um, it's American, but it, it was on Netflix, I think, like, last year. It might still be there. You have to watch it. I'll it check sounds that like... out. That sounds right yeah. up our street for my Super does, Sunday yeah. afternoons. These guys laugh at me because I love Trash TV. But Trash TV is so important because you don't have to focus you can just yeah. forget about all the shit that you've had during the day. Or like, you know, I'm so, so I've got I've got two little girls, three and five, and sometimes they want your attention. So whilst watching sometimes. TV with them, well, yeah, but but they they won't understand that. I'm, why are you still watching football? My, my kids actually. So if 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 my wife says, Where, "Where's your Where's your dad?" He's probably watching football. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's the answer now. Because I want to watch the games. I enjoy football. It took it, it helped me through lockdown. Yeah. So like you, I would have it on mute, or I'm normally on the phone because they've got the TV. Um, but but yeah, trash TV is absolutely underrated sometimes for just just to be able to mentally relax and you just you know you don't care about it. or you're laughing at others like yeah. you know Made in Chelsea or the Only Way is Essex or, or all these programs. It's just hilarious. I, I find them are hilarious. you uh, are you part Gianni of the secret Love Island <laughs> group chat? Uh, I'm not. I've heard about this. I'm 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 genuinely not. And I'd be 
I well, I guess I'll be up for it when there's a new season because the, I must admit, like Love Island, in terms of the last season and probably the season before that, that is one thing I'm not watching as a byproduct of a rubbish football game. I'm actually probably switching fully onto, um, and at times that happens with Made in Chelsea as well. So that definitely guilty pleasures. But no, group chat, I'm 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 up for. Are you part of it? No, no, no. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd get an invite here. He says he's not. He says he's not. We can connect you to uh, one, of, you. one yeah. of the men. Yeah, it was so, unveiled in a previous episode. Of, okay. Uh, and what's what's the bad habit, Gianni? Oh gosh, um, I've definitely got them. Um, bad habit. I'm probably overly sentimental. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, overly. Do you know? And probably overly emotional. Now, that's not like I'm bursting into tears every day. I'm I'm just uh, quite a passionate person, and with that, but Italians quite... are Mediterraneans are emotional and passionate. They are. Right? It's just it's just the culture. You, you know, know my mum my mum always used to say to me, "Never marry an Italian woman because they're just they're so over emotional." And I can <laughs> see I can see uh, my mum's English, right? She married my dad, who's full Italian. Um, but you know, she'd talk tell me stories about my nonna, and be like, oh, yeah, she that was over emotional. Um, <laughs> And I reckon, and with that, emotional is probably the wrong word, overpassionate, and with that, can probably be quite annoying to be around, because I'm often bouncing off the walls. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm probably quite annoying for those that spend a lot of intense time with me. My poor wife, who's often quite chilled and reserved, um, but but does well to 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 manage me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> This has been brilliant, Gianni. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Um, time has flown by. It's been a brilliant chat. We could go on for, for, for a lot longer. But thank you for coming on The Three Amigos, getting to know you. Uh, it's been, it's been a, like I said, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. And um, yeah, uh, thank you again. Thank you, guys. It's been awesome chatting. And I, I look forward to, to hearing many a great episode for the remainder of the season. Fantastic. Adios, amigos. It's been wonderful. Bye-bye. Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.